Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. Hello, everybody. Howdy, Kawabanga. How's it going? We have a Catholic surfer on the pod this week. Are we talking about surfing? Absolutely not. I have nothing to say in that regard. Zach might, but I sure don't. We are recording. Megan and I are together. It is a absolute blessing beyond words to be looking at her gorgeous little eyes. Her baby is upstairs, fast asleep. And Zach is recording from the back of a van. I'm kidding. Not in a van, but people like to he is in. Montana. Yes. People like to think that he's always in a van. Is this true? No, it is very much a lie. But he is recording live from Montana. A good friend of mine, a passionate artist, Zach Fiedler. Everybody, how's it going, Zach? (laughs) It's it's pretty good. It's pretty chilly out. It's uh, we're getting a snowstorm. It's going to be like negative three tomorrow. So, oh, my gosh, too bad. I heard that Colorado is getting that, too. Way too bad. Not fun. I kind of like it. Yeah. It's still exciting for me because okay. I grew up with the sun every day, so That's I like fair. seasons now. Yeah, I definitely am a pro-season girl. Megan yeah. is a con-season girl. I am anti-season yeah. girl. I Why? love me a good fall, but I really despise winter. Yeah. <laughs> I Why really are do. you anti-seasons? Is it just anti-winter or is it anti-all seasons? I think... I, I don't know. It's funny that we have different perspectives, both being from California, because mm-hmm. I, I came to appreciate the California weather once I moved to Indiana yeah. and experienced my first blizzard. Yes. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, and, uh, yeah, I'm just not a cold weather gal. And no. always the difference, I will say. Indiana is always cloudy in the winter. Always gray. The seasonal depression Disgusting. is That's real. what I was going to say. Yeah. So I feel like if you're in somewhere like Montana, Montana you have some more precisely. blue skies. I think that helps a lot. And you have outdoor activities. Yeah. yeah. Indiana's flat as Fair. it'll get. So yeah. you can't go skiing. No. You can't even have fun. I know. Indiana, yeah. I love winter in Denver. And it's just stunning. I mean, it snows yeah. and is sunny at the same time. It's a marvel. Yeah. Truly. I mean, I'm not coming back here anytime soon. I'm very sorry. Okay, it okay. was sunny today, and it was as though yeah. I could bear it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was totally doable. But Zach is in Montana. Zach is, this is my perception of Zach. Zach is a photographer. He is a very... Very talented videographer as well. He is a creative. He was a focus missionary in the Cowabunga state of California. Let's make a count of how many times I say Cowabunga in one episode. We had a count for sweater teeth at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. We have a sweater teeth squad. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Zach might not be aware of what sweater teeth is. (laughs) A quick little recap that was episode one. Sweater teeth is when you drink a soda and you need to have water with your soda because... If not, you have sweater teeth. I hope you can relate. Sweater teeth. (laughs) He's like, no. I don't even know what you're talking about. Is that like because there's like a coating from the sugar on your teeth? Completely. Mm -hmm. That's it. Completely. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And we had a sweater teeth count and now we're going to have a cowabunga count. Maybe. But that's not what we're talking about in the podcast. Regardless, it's okay if you don't understand. I've probably used the word cowabunga in my life. That was probably the first. I think so. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I'm just giving you a really hard time. Anyway, <laughs> Zach, how do you know me? <laughs> how do you know I, me? Let's hear about it. I know we for sure became friends last year. Last um, year. Well, maybe like a year and a couple months ago. Some change. Yeah. Sure. Uh, right. Maybe six months now. It's almost March, but in Denver. Yeah. Um, at a film that I was screening that my buddies and I made um, called Over the Waters. And you were yes. there with a couple of other friends and just kind of hung out and, ca- and came and, and helped set pretty much everything up because we had yep. about two hours to do everything. And then the rest of it, we just kind of cruised around Boulder. Yeah, that's so true. Did you come eat dinner with us too? I think we had dinner. We no. went to no. We, we Did you brought bring you me tacos. Dinner? That's what it was. You, yes, yeah, we brought yeah. you tacos. But you know what Rio. I do yeah. remember, and I just remembered this, what? is we walked what? into some little bakery that had like a wine and cheese store in like the back. Yes, room. and you and I went off with the sommelier in the very yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you and know how what? many glasses of wine I had before walking into that little room? How many? Maybe two. When? How? I just didn't drink wine. <laughs> I really still life. don't. Oh, I thought you. Whoa. Uh, whoa yeah, yeah, whoa, in my whole whoa. life. Like, I, I thought. Yeah, no, no, not I thought you were saying that you somehow chose <laughs> someone in that store to give you two glasses of wine for free, although I was shoulder side next to you, just roaming through. I was like, where did you get that? They were little snoots in Boulder. Oh, wow. But you. So cool. You. Put on a show. <laughs> I thought you were like Mr. Wine. Like Mr. California knows his wines. That's, so That's hilarious. Yeah. Tanner, Talk about Tanner perception. Tanner loves his wine. Mm. My buddy Tanner that who I made the sense. film with. But that makes sense. He, is, yes, he was a resident Tanner. of Denver at the time. Or no, of Boulder. Wow. He's now in Denver. Some yeah, Oscar he's town. right around the corner from me. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. No, we bought a bottle of wine or I bought a bottle of wine for us to have. And then we got back to Sam's, our friend, shout out to Uh Sam Regula. And we got back and we had tequila instead of that wine. And they still have that bottle of wine at their house to this day. They still haven't opened it. Gosh, I hope they still have that tequila. That tequila was amazing. That's definitely not there anymore. <laughs> Lizzie is definitely drinking that since then. Anyway, we're giving a lot of names that people don't understand yeah. and that people don't recognize. So, Can I say sorry regardless, to the we became Yeah, you can listeners. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Use your terms, Zach. Um, yes, he says sorry, and I I too say sorry. Anyway, what I'm getting at is we became friends about a year and some change ago and I saw over the waters and I was floored because it was just like this really bold creativity that I hadn't encountered yet. And I come from a lot of art in my family. My family's very artistic. I was required to play a musical instrument. I danced for 16 years. We listened to Pavarotti when we were like putting the Christmas tree up, like mm-hmm. opera all the time, going to the Met as children, like very artistic home, no sports really ever. My dad watched NASCAR and smoked cigars in our basement, but that was about the extent of it. I like that and NASCAR Colts- is the sport of his choice. Absolutely. I mean, Indiana. Okay. <laughs> Boy, right. to, I mean, we love a racetrack. And the one time that the Colts went to the Super Bowl, we did order the same thing from Papa John's every single year. And I'm not saying I'm super I'm just saying I'm Irish and they did get pretty far 
by ordering the exact same thing. That's the extent of sports that we have in our home. So it was just very refreshing when I went to see Over the Waters. I was like, wow, this is good. This is free. This is unlike anything I've seen before. And it was awesome. And so I really really wanted to see... And like what I mean by that, unlike anything I've seen before, I mean that in the way of like, I hadn't met other Catholic creatives that were doing something that were truly different than everything I'd already seen before. Does that make sense? Like it was just like, Oh, this is bold. This is a silent film. This is filming nature. This is filming surfing. This is filming encounters with random people along this journey that y'all took. And it was, it was so like Lexio Divina almost of this like opportunity to really see Christ in a way that Mm. art is just, it, it, it just is like, it's just like you can so easily encounter Christ if it is done in an authentic way. Um, And so, yeah, I ran into Zach at Seek and he was giving me a hard time about starting a podcast. And then I was like, listen, it's actually really good. And he was like, wait, that actually sounds like it's taking off and doing really well. And then we kind of respected each other and moved on. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about what, what could be discussed within beauty. So, yeah, we chatted a while back and... Megan is just going to sit here. She was talking about it earlier. She was like, I feel like I um, don't really even understand how to respect art. What were you or saying? To, like, yeah. appreciate art. Yeah. Um, or, like, really care. Not to put you down, but, like, no, truly care about totally. it. Totally. It's like, yeah. I can go and be like, oh, that's nice. But I know there's, like, the depth that art can have mm-hmm. and, like, the way it can point you to God. Right. I feel like you kind of need some skills and some tools. Right. It's just like, yeah, you can see something and be like, oh, that's cool. But then to like take it a step further to know the little things like the color red. What does that mean? Right. Like we were talking about Caravaggio before this and I love Caravaggio. (laughs) And I was like, look, Megan, there's a beam of light coming in from the right onto Mary because she's seated at the right hand of the father. Yeah. And she is right there. And like that, that is depicted in Caravaggio's art. But now Caravaggio is just in like cute, vintage, quirky um, shops where like his print is redone for 1250 on Etsy and it's, it's next Bubble. to like, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like printed off because it's an aesthetic and nobody even knows who Caravaggio is. Or if they do, they're like, Oh, I love him and Van Gogh. And they put them in the same pool. And there's just like so much more depth to just knowing yeah. names and sounding cool and sounding yeah, like, you know what you're doing. Definitely. And Megan was like, Whoa, that's sick. And then I was explaining how like red, I'm getting ahead of myself already, but like there's red in the painting yeah. and red is a symbol of mortality, not Satan, but it's like been depicted as this like satanic color yeah. because we picture the devil to be this little cartoon of a red person, which is why Sam Smith dressed in red when he came to the Grammys mm-hmm. for unholy. But actually, it's a great mm-hmm. symbol in the Catholic Church that they just completely misunderstood. And yeah. she was like, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about this in the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Megan's just going to kind of observe and giggle. Um, but she's here with yes, me. Absolutely. And she's got a few questions. So, yeah, I feel like we can just dive right into it. And I was thinking yeah. it would be great to start with a story that Zach told me over the phone a few like a week ago um, when we were talking about just the difference between modern art and Catholic art and how much of an impact Catholic art has and all that good stuff. So Zach, take it away with that story. Yeah. Um, I still think this is, it's just one of those moments where, you know, you, you think about it a lot. Like you hear the conversation and you just can, can picture it entirely in your head every time you kind of replay it. Um, And I've been blessed enough to have a couple friends who, 
who live in the city, you know, they live in, in New York City, which is which is fun. I had a, I went through a stint where any city I would just call the city because I thought it was funny mm. to kind of like make fun of my New York <laughs> friends who would always say the, the city. The Big Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just yeah. call everything the city. Um, but I was in the city <laughs> in October, I think, of a couple months ago. And uh, was there for a client and stayed a couple days after and kind of hung out and it was, was with a buddy who... Yeah, I went to a small liberal arts Catholic school and um, he was doing some work for this client as well. And we had an extra day that we were just going to go and we were going to go to the Met. We were going to hang out kind of, I think it was his maybe first time in New York. And I was just going to kind of show him what I had been shown from other friends that kind of live there. And we like did the whole riding city bikes and everything and got our dollar pizza and um, we eventually, Classic. uh, we're going to meet my, my other friend who I had known from California. He's maybe a year younger than me, who was in Parsons school of design, uh, which is like a, mm. it's a pretty well-known art school in New York. Um, and just in the, in the art world in general. And yeah. he was selling me a super eight film camera, um, that I was going to use for some short films that I'm making and some client work. That was the the same camera that I had used at the conference. Um, in and January. is that what you kind of full time do right now, Zach? Like yeah. you've left staff with focus. Yep. You're like really full time going into film, both photography and filming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm full time a photographer and filmmaker. I have been shooting photos since gosh, Freshman year of high school, Since I think. sliding out of the womb, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I switched up mediums a few times, but... Okay, 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 sure. Photography is what stuck. Um, it's what stuck, yeah. and it started with just surfing, and it started with, you know, having a GoPro that I got for Christmas and passing it around with some buddies, and I'd get home, and I'd go through all the footage and be like, dang, why are all the photos of my friends better than what they took of me and eventually Mm, was like i think i have something of a a gift here that i can kind of turn into a skill and from there on and kind of learning from my dad who would always take photos on on his camera of all of our sports games um i would just kind of like learn and um everything that i saved up was just going into new gear and then i would shoot for like one small client and then the money i made on that would buy me a new lens and ended up going to school down in Texas at SMU for marketing and then got minors in advertising and photography. Um, mm. And yeah. the whole time, pretty much from early in, in high school, I knew that I wanted to be a photographer, have creativity and art be a part of my, my job and my everyday. Um, along the mm-hmm. way, I got roped into focus. Um, yep. I roped myself Classic. into focus. Um, as we do and that rope it, is everywhere <laughs> um, it's it's also it's also kind of part of a net like you just kind of get stuck in it but then you have your rope yeah uh, yeah exactly so yeah, yeah and, and <laughs> i'm now doing exactly what i had kind of been wanting to do for a while so i'm gosh maybe nine months into full time um and it's been the That's wildest so cool. thing ever i've been in europe and was down in a couple countries in south america and central america this summer and everywhere i go i can bring a camera and and shoot and it's not as great as it sounds but it's definitely it's up there no Um, it definitely sounds pretty great (laughs) yeah yeah it sounds pretty sick that's awesome 
Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now, what I'm doing. So in New York, I was going to pick up a camera that I was buying off my friend who, um, yeah, he just didn't have a need for it anymore. And it was down in kind of near Chinatown in little Italy. And we were staying kind of way up there. Um, so we went all the way down there and I kind of told him the friend that I was going with for that whole day, um, he came with me to go pick up this camera and we were going to go to the Met and meet some friends there and, and just kind of have a whole day. Uh, but we went down to go pick up this camera and I was warning, warning, warning my friend that this guy is, is pretty eccentric and he's pretty kind of, I don't know, out there. And yeah. it, he's a funny guy. He probably has the most confidence I've ever met um, <laughs> of, of like anybody. And he's this like super niche kind of, yeah, like creative dude in New York. I think he lives in just like his studio and it's above like a laundromat and he's on the second floor and we're kind of walking down this street and I text him like, hey, we're almost there. And I see his head just like stick out the window and he's like, (laughs) I'll be right down. And I'm like, great. Wow. Um, And he's just this incredibly aesthetic dude. He was like doing modeling in LA left LA to go to design school in, in New York and has thoughts on both of it. And he gets wow. down there and he, he hands it to me. He's like, well, this is it. Like, here it is. Play with it. Look at it. Everything's in there. Go give it a focus. Like try how it is. Um, look, I even like wrote your name on it, blah, 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 all this stuff. Wow. And uh, yeah. he's like, so what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with the day? And uh, we are like, oh, we're going to the Met. And he was like, why are you going to the Met? That's for grandpa's. You got to go to the MoMA. The MoMA <laughs> is where it's at. You want to get inspiration, you got to go to the MoMA. And uh, wow. my buddy and I turn and look at each other. And again, this is the the kid who, I don't think he was homeschooled, but he was at like a, a small liberal arts school and kind of hadn't really met somebody like this before. And he just kind of looks sure. at me and he's like, what is happening? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're two amazing friends of mine. Um, but it was so funny as we were walking away, just kind of looking at, like the the differences of of the two museums and i don't know Courtney, you probably have a better understanding of of the differences of the types of art and the periods that are at those two museums i mean they're two of the most iconic in new york but also in the world yeah for sure i mean when zach and i were talking he was like when you think of a classic art museum what do you think of and i said the met which some people first thing you said was or something Right. But I was like the Met and I love the Met one for all of its gossip girl benefits, of course, just to be entirely transparent. XOXO Two because it's got the classics in it. And like in regards to a place in America that you can really encounter the classics, that is our best bet. We don't have the Louvre at our fingertips. I've never been. I hope to go Mm -hmm. at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the MoMA, on the other hand, if you don't know what the MoMA is, it's the Museum of Metropolitan or not Museum of Metropolitan Art, Museum of Modern Art, pardon me. And that one is all very like the classic abstract stuff, like the very trendy modern pieces that Crate and Barrel is replicating so that you can have it for your modern aesthetic in your home. It's the abstract art. It's the the Pollocks and all of the really quirky things that might not have a face or an intentional name that make a lot of sense, but it is a vibe. Like I said to Zach too, I was like, it's the place that you see on the Instagram reels where it's a get ready with me and the girls putting on 
the big clunky dad shoes and the oversized jeans and a tiny top and her huge headphones. And she's like got her snack for the day and she's walking around with her matcha and looking at the MoMA. And it's like an entire aesthetic. It's for the people that buy inflatable latex couches from the 90s. Like (laughs) not to put you in a box if you love the MoMA. It's a really cool museum. Don't get me wrong. Like it is a very cool experience. There's nothing explicitly wrong with the MoMA, Mm -hmm. but it is an entirely different form of art. And what struck me about that story when Zach was sharing it with me is that if I were to get inspired it would be at the Met. It would be this conviction that I had when I was talking to Megan in the kitchen about Caravaggio. I was teaching her little, like six month old. I was like, this is Caravaggio. And I was like looking at like little paintings with her and she was just like so excited (laughs) and like bouncing up and down. Like, I'm like, you better learn beauty at a young age, sister. This is what we're doing, you know? And it's just like, there's so much more depth. And like, again, like what I said about Over the Waters, the film that Zach made with his friends it's like there's this opportunity for Lexia Divina in that type of art there's this opportunity for an encounter of heaven where like the MoMA is still beautiful but it's very much like an earthly type of encounter like it's an earthly level and I think the issue is is that people are settling for an earthly level of inspiration because they don't understand that they could actually be encountering the divine Mm. when it comes Mm. to art yeah um And I think also, like, when we think of artists right now, like, I want you to really, like, think about, okay, I'm going to think of an artist. Like, when you close your eyes and think of what an artist looks like, what do you think of? You think of the person that Zach described. Like, maybe you don't, but I think of, like, in this modern day, you think of, like, my sister. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think of my sister who she wouldn't mind if I shared this at all. Doesn't think women should shave her legs or their legs. <laughs> women are not either shaving her legs for her. That would be a little strange. <laughs> women shouldn't shave their legs. Like, wear whatever you want. Free the nip. Let's just, like, be totally liberal, yeah. honestly. And, like, that whole connotation is also, like, my sister is not this way. She comes to mass with me. But, like very anti-religion, anti-any box, like very relativistic, very like anything goes, there are no rules, there are no structure. Like you think of this person that just has like a limitless personality, like everything is okay. Um, I don't know, like a free spirit, right? And it's like they would recognize and like probably respect art at the Met Sure. But the sad thing is, is that that awesome artist that you described, Zach, he views it as the place that grandpas go. He views it as the place that the old people go that just want to see the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And and that's not art anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just heartbreaking because that's just not the case. And yeah, you were talking to with me about... Um, who were the people that you were, there's like a resource that you were talking about that was talking about like the Catholic, the Catholic art and how it goes back to the Catholic church and all of that. Like, yeah. Share a little bit about that too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like, just from what we've said so far, like there's so many different ways we can kind of keep our conversation going. But I mean, first it's like, yeah, there's, you already said it, but I kind of want to read it. Like there's nothing wrong with, the MoMA, mm-hmm. 
there's nothing wrong nothing. with the artists that are there's nothing wrong with with people who are yeah like they don't want to shave their legs or they're this type of artist or that right no but, there's nothing wrong i love my sister oh my oh, stars yeah. you know yeah. yeah and i i think something that's there is that you're seeing like a glimpse of like they there's a desire for more but i think there's kind of this like right. doubt of like, well, there actually, mm. there's no way there's actually more than this. There's, there's no way there's actually right. more than, I don't know, just this installment that's a gray cube in the middle of the room and it has some tiny square. It's like, yeah, like there's no way that that, that something can have mm. more meaning than this, right? Like I think it actually comes right. from a desire for deeper, but a doubt exactly. that prevents him from actually going deeper and, and embracing the, not the faith as just like the Christian faith, but embracing a faith in something greater than yourself and so i think there's this like right. spot that you can get stuck in as just looking to yourself and, and you're the only one who can decide what art is right but then we take this to mm -hmm. the met and you walk inside and i mean one it's massive you kind of can pick any direction you go and you're taking yourself into not even just a different century but a different millennium of art right right and right. as you're right. there you're not looking at at what anybody made because they decided this is what is art. You're looking right. at what entire cultures compiled and said, this is the best we could do. With all of right. our resources, this is what we could come up with, right? And so then when we take this to the, the right. perspective of what the Catholic Church did as, as really like one of the greatest patrons of art in all of, Completely. of history, right? Regardless of any religious right. aspect to it. Right what is in the moma right that was one of the first things i asked you is like if you go to the the european area right it's multiple centuries mm -hmm. multiple different periods of art what do you see predominantly what do right. you see catholic art catholic art and it's not just catholic art it's actually like pieces of like liturgical goods like it's actual like crucifixes yeah, it's like sides of walls like they've literally torn churches yeah. apart into pieces right. to have yeah. put here in the met right so at right. some point there's this kind of switch where art wasn't just made to be in museums right art was made for churches right. and right. then it was out of those churches they got put into museums so my my friend it's he's a client of mine who works in design and he does um anything from custom churches to uh homes and, and all this really anything that need that needs design that's his expertise yeah and he yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. can help source all these um like classical artists that are still around today he was he was telling me as we were just kind of having this conversation there was a, a time when it's like yeah there was no idea of museum quality art right like you go to an art school today and that's what you're looking at you're looking at museum quality art right but for the church mm. and for most of history at least in europe for a thousand years or so it was right what was church quality art that was the height that you could be at was art that was going to make it into a church mm. and then we took totally. that and turned it into the we turned it into museum quality art that then became the right. standard right and then eventually right, these right. standards have been changed and pushed back against. And that's where we get modernism and postmodernism and all these different kind of rejections essentially right. are saying, I know more than this. I can do better than this, not out of right. a selflessness or out of a, a desire to like give a piece of yourself into this art for the world or for an even higher calling like right. to, to God. Um, but it's I'm giving this because I want them to just see me in this. I want them mm. to see just what I 
got out of this right. and it, right yeah that that seeps into so many other areas of our culture and it it kind of oh, it's sure. not just yeah. a, a one-way street i think i think it goes back and forth but i mean that was any any art museum it literally i mean i just kind of get sad as i walk around and i see all these right p- beautiful beautiful pieces that spent i mean hours and days and months crafting these with tools that are nowhere near what we have today and right. they f- they fulfilled their purpose for maybe it was just a decade maybe it was a day maybe it was a hundred years in a church right and now right it's just sitting there right like the the original purpose box. yeah is actually no longer being met as much as we can go and appreciate it the original right. purpose of that art is no longer fully being realized right absolutely i think that all of that too the whole time you were talking i was just thinking about how much it so clearly parallels the gospel and how much we've made the gospel about ourselves and what we want and how much like our life is about us like it's all this very selfish action selfish word and also like thinking about today how the lord created artists it's such a unique beautiful calling and i think that so like people even see the beauty of artists and they want to be artists they're like that is what i want to be i want to be that type of person that is an artist and so they go and they try to force it and they try to make themselves an artist or they are artists and they're living in new york and they're pursuing art and that call to be creative and express something like you said that like cement block that's on a pedestal in the moment like they're desiring to share the gospel it's the same way that you can see the gospel in so many films now because like they desire to share the gospel because that's what we were created for but so many don't know that right and it's just like how easy it is to express the gospel through art it's just like this very beautiful calling that the lord gave to artists and it's sad because you go to the MoMA and you might be able, if you're like a practicing Christian, practicing Catholic, you might be able to find something of really deep substance and meaning in art that's at the MoMA. Um, But again, our God is a simple God. He is a clear God. And so he wanted it to be the way that it used to be. And even brought into our current day and age, because like, if we like those artists that are, actively pursuing spreading the gospel and sharing scripture via art right now like that is so amazing and it's also amazing obviously to be expressing it through modern art but like when you encounter the gospel through art it is just like so incredible and it's just not happening as much anymore where people are painting these really detailed incredible murals that you can go and just stare at and encounter christ where now it's just so different you know um yeah so i think yeah go ahead i think there's i think there's a way that you know we're we're kind of starting to to sell ourselves short as artists and right um it's just as as people because of a i kind of consider it more of a business term than anything else but I think you would even like use it as you were describing just kind of my background is like this term creative, right? I think there's a absolutely crystal clear distinction between an artist and a creative Um, looking at at both of them as nouns, right? Like a person can be creative um, 
but being a creative i think is is an entirely different role in society today right like i think you could mm-hmm. use the word creative and you could be making tiktoks right exactly you could use the right. word creative and like that's your role and you could be working in a business and all you're doing is content management you're literally just mm-hmm. working on um literally a database of of anything or yeah, any social media boxes yeah strategy all that kind of stuff right and it, i think when we bring this word into into like the christian sphere it's like it's actually lowering what we're capable of and yeah the the easy kind of response to that statement is like oh well like we're christians we're called to be in, in all nations in all places and, and be everywhere right mm-hmm. so we, we need right. to be creatives and we need to, to have this space and, and fight the the good fight on instagram and on tiktok and we need all of these different things and it's like yeah there's all these massive accounts that their whole purpose is just to like sure reshare what a creative has made right and my major qualm right, with this yeah. is that okay maybe that that person spent 30 minutes designing that right that in all reality you can sure. make what's popular today on on social media that's christian art it could be called it could take 30 minutes to make right and you're going to compare that absolutely all you need is an apple pencil yeah you're going to compare that to (laughs) like michelangelo's like pieta right and it's like if we're going to use the word art for both of these things that's where i i have trouble with because there's such a massive disconnect between the two right and that's where i think it's actually it's proper that there is a difference in the the noun creative versus artist. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that also goes into replication versus education of this like deeper, the Lord is always inviting us to be in a deeper place of educating ourselves because all of our little hearts are set on fire by different things. Hmm. The passion that I feel when I'm reading about an artist in this awesome book, I don't even remember what it's called, but I just bought it like two days ago. I think it's called How Catholic Art Saved the Faith or something like that. I was reading it to Megan, flipping out. Mm -hmm. Megan is like, that is so cool. (laughs) I'm so glad that that makes you flip out. (laughs) You know, but that's not the same thing that makes her heart flip out. Does Megan desire to share the gospel through media? In some way, yes. Sure. Through this podcast, she cares very much about sharing the gospel and using the resources that we have of Instagram and all social platforms to really share about this podcast and spread the gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that Megan is an artist? What do you think, Megan? I would not call myself an artist. (laughs) I wouldn't. Versus like... Like, for example, my husband is an artist. He, he is an artist. He is a yes. musician watching He him made play the, the little jingly oh, doodah yeah. of exactly. the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, it's That's a sweet right. little... I said, I like the mandolin. And he sent me, like, three different songs that he just, he like, wrote yes. with so music. Cool. And he learned the mandolin and was like, yeah. here you go, Court. And I had different, pi- like, files. Yes. And Megan's over here like, what's the mandolin? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, did we get and to hear just, that like, when diff- we started? Like, did I hear that right now? Or is that an after? You no, don't get that's, to. That's post-production. You'll hear it when we have the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah post-production. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so keep going. But yeah, it's like the difference between the amount of hours that he's put in to become a master at the, his skill yeah. of playing musical instruments. It's just right. like 
nothing compared to what I'm doing. It's like, yes, we're creating content. Right. And that's but great. It's not but I'm art. not an artist. No. 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 <laughs> it's totally different. Well, I, I think there's something really beautiful to, to Megan's humility. And yeah, the reality is, okay, she works in in this field where, yeah, content and creativity is a requirement of what she's doing, right? And, right. but there's still the humility to have to say, I'm not an artist, right? Like if we go back to mm-hmm. that client that I have, who's a good friend who he literally designs churches and he designs churches That's that I insane. now have friends who are flying across the country to go to those churches just to pray in. Right. And it's That's like, insane. yeah, like this is, yeah. this is one of my good friends. Now he struggles to call himself an artist. He struggles to call wow. the artists that build in create these massive sculptures and mosaics and icons all by hand right artists not out of this like pride or out of this like heightened place in society but out of the actual reality that that you have to go to as an artist right like you you spoke about it with megan's husband right like there's actually Mm -hmm. like such a technical aspect to be able to be an artist right that it's not Mm -hmm. just this like societal class or this like ultimate vocation that like you're just praying to be called into right like that's totally right totally fine and yes yeah, skill and, and hard work is a part of it what beauty is right right is the it's the transcendental to bring us to god right like beauty is mm-hmm. what allows us to go higher than it higher than ourselves to see a glimpse of god right to see a glimpse of the the right. ultimate creator right like the ultimate artist of everything and right. That's that's where we're like we're we're stuck. I think as a culture is like we're now in this mentality of we're just going to make everything for somebody to look at it for what is it like 0.6 seconds is the average time somebody looks right. at a post on Instagram, right? Besides even reading something, yeah, exactly. You get four seconds right. of engagement on a post, you're killing it right. as a business, as a influencer, whatever it is. Like a company is going to want right. you if you get four seconds, right? Are you kidding me? Four seconds? Oh, you walk definitely. into a church, you walk into a beautiful museum. How long do you stare at at something on the wall? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a very long time. I also feel like when I was at the MoMA last, um, we went to the MoMA because it was more approachable. The Met is like a full day activity. The mm-hmm. MoMA you can get through in a day for sure. In a, a few hours. Right. Yeah. And I think that that also speaks into that of like, we wanted something that we could like go encounter beauty and like tap on it and then like move on with our day and like see the rest of the city And really, like, the most enjoyable part for me, I love modern art, but it's not, like, my absolute favorite thing. I loved the the gift shop because they were actually selling postcards of pieces from the Met because they're kind of hand-in-hand in in regards to, like, the foundation base of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think financial reasons. I don't know. You can correct me on that. But, yeah, it's just, like, that quick, instant gratification. Um, Nobody really cares about... Nobody really cares, period, actually. Like on on Instagram, it's like so nuts. Engagement-wise, it's just, it really is fascinating. No one reads anything anymore. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's not, like you, you look at it and it's like you as, as a writer, right? And me as a photographer, it's like, yeah. we're the, the two forgotten, two most forgotten pieces oh, of Instagram, right? Yeah. It's like we're not even yeah. on Instagram anymore. It's just TikTok. No. One point. Yeah. Oh, oh one, for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really nuts. And I actually literally, I posted something last night and like the prayer that I wrote, I was so proud of. And 
it was like so seriously like consoled by Jesus. And I was so sure that I wanted to share it. And I posted the words separately on my story from the actual post itself because I knew people wouldn't read it if I didn't post it on the story as Mm -hmm. a graphic that people would look at. And that was abundantly true. Like I got more likes on the actual story of the words than the post at first, because it was just like, Oh, here it is as a graphic in front of me that I can see. And yeah, I think that it really is sad to kind of go back to what you were saying about that redundancy of like everyone creating the same thing. Like you brought that up when we were talking about this a while back. And I was like, yeah, I do that. Like I, When I first got an iPad and an Apple Pencil, I remember going on Instagram and being like, okay, what are some other people doing here? Like, what is the standard that I'm going to try to reach here? Like, if I want my Instagram blog to take off, then I've got to do this. And it was like not coming from any place of authenticity, not coming from any place of prayer, not coming from any place of I believe in myself, as Courtney Maeve Roach, that my creative desires can shine through in whatever way I feel called to do it. Like it felt like I had to meet a standard that was already there on Instagram for me to fit in with the cool Catholic girls. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's such a desire for like fitting in with the creatives and fitting in like two things came to mind, the desire to fit in and the desire to say, I'm artsy, therefore I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that being artsy, I think it became like, a package deal with the concept of being a hipster in like 2011. And it's just like, if you're artsy and you're a hipster, then you're into this entire like world. Like you listen to abstract music, you wear high-waisted pants, you don't put heat on your hair. Like you've got all of this stuff. I'm talking about very girly things, but there's also like the male version of this too, of like being artsy and, I don't know, like that, that doesn't make you, you can speak into that a little bit more because you understand men more than I do, but it's like, well, there's the, the, the difference of, between of men, being right? we artsy and artist. Like the, the cliche of in wedding crashers where it's like that brother or whatever. Yes. just like this little nerd <laughs> yes. in the corner. Right. And there's all this extra stuff yeah. besides that. But it's like, yeah, there's like these characters of an artist. Right. That right. kind of poke fun at it. But then there's also right. this like, pedestal of what an artist is and it's trying to just imitate that you know and it's like i feel like Mm -hmm. it's like a a pick and choose like what do you want to be right right and it all i think it all is again it goes back to that replication of like no i want to be a melancholic moody aesthetic artsy person Mm -hmm. therefore i will find a medium that i can handle to pass as my thing and i will do it because i want to fit in And so I guess like with that, with that deep desire, like one thing I really admire about Megan is that she is completely okay with the fact that she's not an artist. Like it's nothing that she's like, I want to try to figure out what my thing is. Like maybe it's watercolor. Let's dive into watercolor. Let's see if I can make some petals that look cool out of watercolor or let's try this or let's try that. I'm not saying that you can't do arts and crafts, but like, it's like this complete piece with, yeah, I am not an artist. And with that, like, I don't want it to be this, oh, well, you're not an artist. So you're actually not cool enough to sit with us and we're not going to relate on any topics and you should just go and, uh, get out of my life because you're not an artist. Like, yeah, I guess, what would you say 
to someone that really desires to be quote artsy or to be an artist because they, they admire it and they think it's cool. Like Mm -hmm. what would you recommend to that person? Um, and like how to spend their time instead of trying to replicate, like actually educate. Yeah. Um, I mean, just so many good things in, in what you just shared. And I think it's, it's primarily bringing up, kind of like a, a couple words of, of like kind of putting them side by side to give this, this idea of what we're working with here. Right. And I think they, they easily mm-hmm. fit side by side, kind of like two columns next to each other to really see like, like where are my intentions actually right to, right, to break right. some of it down. Right. Like, is this, is this just imitation or is this inspiration that I'm feeling? Right. Mm. Is this um, yeah. just an aesthetic or is this art? right that i'm making or, or pursuing right, with my right. life right like is this um gosh is this lust or is this love right like is this mm-hmm. like i think all of those words like they kind of fit in a similar space with how we use them and the emotions that come out of them and then what we do with it right yeah right and i think to to go into like oh gosh i don't know even, even some advice like it's the reality is art is very approachable Right. I think it's, yeah, it's easy to feel like an outsider. I think it's the gateway to the Catholic church. Yeah. I mean, it literally was, there literally is an entire movement in the 17th century. Like you look at the Baroque art and why churches look that way is because nobody could read. Yeah. And so how did you pull them in with the art around them? It literally was teaching them. I was in a a church in, in Germany and gosh, first couple of days of December visiting a friend and in the middle of a work trip and I, we, we go to mass and it's some unassuming church in the middle of this cute little town called Dusseldorf. And it's actually a massive <laughs> town, um, but there's this, this really, really old church and we go inside and I'm like, this is insane because I, I look up and everything in the entire center of the church, the entire ceiling is stories from the Bible. Everything in the middle. Right is pretty much like every major covenant every major moment in scripture is depicted on the ceiling right like yeah and we barely even look up when we're in a church right but that's that's there and there's there's all this to it it's like yeah entirely i think beauty is is immensely a gateway to the church but it's so easy just like with the church like to feel like you're on the outside of it to feel like oh well i can't speak that language or well i don't know those artists so i don't know that that time period or how to speak about it it's like well no the, the reality is like so much simpler than that like mm. beauty i think is like it's entirely in the ordinary but it's finding something in the ordinary that pulls you out of it that doesn't just pull you in, yeah. into mm-hmm. fantasy but pulls you higher right so it does, i don't think it pulls you laterally but it pulls you higher and that's why it's yeah, by definition sure. like it's it's been considered a transcendental for centuries exactly. right for for so so long and that's been true in so many different cultures and so just because somebody doesn't want to be an artist or just because they don't feel like they can have the conversation of, of art. I mean, I honestly would say like, I mean, in a way it's like, screw you. Like this, this matters to you as well, whether you know it or not, not in this, like stay on the outside and stay there. You can't hang out with this. It's not that like mean girls, like you can't sit with us. I don't even know if that's the right movie, (laughs) but that was correct. Good job. Cool. I didn't know the the other (laughs) reference earlier, but I knew, I knew what mean girls was. Um, it's totally all right. 
So we'll forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but there's there's this like reality of everybody is moved by beauty, whether or not you truly think you are or or not. Like everybody is moved by beauty, whether it's right. in a museum or in your daily life. Mm -hmm. You are because you're wired that way. Like there's a reason why right. people are drawn to the, to the national parks, right? There's a reason why people are drawn yeah. to museums. There's reasons why you have like music that you're listening to every day. There's a reason why you stop and watch the sunset. Right. And right. in all those things, like we're recognizing a piece of God in that. And that's what we're seeing in beauty is like seeing that little glimpse of him in the ordinary and it's pulling right. us out of that moment into something deeply spiritual, right? And that can be with any type of art form. And I think it's easy to get stuck on the outside saying, oh, well, I don't know that type of art. I'm not a big fan of opera, so it's not really that beautiful to me. Or oh, I don't really like classical mm. paintings, so I don't really think that's really beautiful. I think Monet yeah. is, is beautiful, right? Um, sure. And so it's so easy to just like limit ourselves besides the point of like looking at something in our life and saying, this is beautiful, right? And seeing where am I mm. finding those moments of beauty that it's literally stopping me in my tracks and I'm looking at that. I mean, right. maybe I'm crazy. I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on moments like this, but it's, it's like, yeah, like I, there's times in my life where I've sat there in nature. I mean, predominantly that's what, what got me into to art was, that's really what made it stuck was, was beauty of created things. And I've literally just laid on the ground and watched clouds. And if you've ever done mm. that and they're really beautiful clouds mm -hmm. that are moving fast across the sky, they're like cumulus nimbuses or something. I don't know. Um, that might not <laughs> yeah, even be a word, yeah. but you literally, I trust it. <laughs> you, can, you can look and almost like see each particle moving in that massive cloud. You yeah. can like pinpoint one, you can stand on in, or lay down under a tree and watch every leaf dance on a tree as the wind's yeah. blowing, right? You can be on a pier looking at the ocean you can just be sitting in the sand and you watch a wave and you see every single drop of water move and right. i think once you start seeing those super super small moments that starts connecting to everything else right like when you wake up and you're making coffee in the morning and the sunlight's coming right through your kitchen window and you just know right. it's going to be a great day right right there's yeah. there's something <laughs> yeah. beautiful in that moment that's that makes us stop and experience it fully and just look at it and be present there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. Yeah. I mean, that was so well said. And there are so many moments that you're not insane because I've done the same thing. And great. I know Megan has too. Oh, for sure. yeah. yeah. And I think that that's a really great ex example of a middle ground between all people regardless yeah. of if you are an artist or not like you and jake your husband yes. <laughs> have both experienced that in yeah. similar ways like there were moments when i was in wisconsin and i was like nothing is beautiful <laughs> pardon me to all wisconsinites <laughs> i had that a lot Texas. of wisconsinites <laughs> listen to this yeah uh, no. yeah and i was like nothing is beautiful there is nothing here i was surrounded by two lakes even like i was in a better yeah. part yeah. and there was one moment when i was really not doing very well and I was in prayer and I just very, like it was snowing as it does. <laughs> and I love snow very much. I always have. But that one particular day, it was just snowing like those really fat flakes where you could almost see the details of each flake in yeah. particular, like from like a while out, like it wasn't yeah. even right on your hand. 
And I just literally wept because I was like, it's like every flake, which I'm just a poetic soul, but I was like, it's like every flake is how many times the Lord will say he loves me until I actually believe it. Like I was just so convicted of that. And I also thought of another time when I was in New Zealand and I was, we were sitting, we were in this beach house in New Zealand, very strange connection, but I have random family in New Zealand and we were staying in this little tiny home because everything's modest outside of America. Thank God. For the most part, I shouldn't say everything, (laughs) but for the most part, this home was, it was a little tiny beach home. And I woke up early and it was cold, a cold beach. Love it. And I was walked up, walking outside in a turtleneck and I just went and like wrote on the beach. And I was just like, this is insane. Like it was like, it was still a gloomy day. It wasn't a perfect bluebird day that you're just like, I'm going to lay out and have a great time. It was like a chilly morning. It was gray. The ocean was gray. The sand was gray. Yeah. And it was so stunning that I couldn't, I, I was like, how is it that this country has one of the highest, like grossing numbers of agnostics and atheists in it? Like, this mm-hmm. is like one of the most beautiful countries I've ever, yeah. ever witnessed. New Zealand is on another level. And it's just like, that is the intro to the gospel. That is the intro totally. into truth and goodness. Yeah. And that's why... I just love beauty so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, same with you though. And I honestly wonder if that's why, not to call you out, you don't like Indiana. Oh well, yeah. Because it really is quite oh, ugly. It is. <laughs> Compared to Southern California, it's really ugly. Which is where Megan's from. We've subtly hinted at that. Did you explicitly say it? I don't know. She's from there. She's cowgirl stuck in Indy. And and I'm from one of the most beautiful places. In California. It's just like it's stunning. It's I mean, stunning. We went every to your time hometown. we go, I'm like, it's not that great. And I go, I'm just like, oh, how did I, how did we live here? And yeah. It's funny, you take for granted beauty when you're in it all the time, then you just have to leave. And then you're like, oh, yeah. you don't know what you have till it's gone. But yeah, it, I think that's a really big reason why yeah. Indiana can be hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. you can find beauty in a cornfield, it's just sure. a little more it's challenging. It's different than mountains. Right. It's yeah. not the same, it doesn't hit the same. But yeah, I think that that's a great example, though, Zach, of just how it really is such an equal call to like, we're all called to really be immersed in beauty. And we all have our different ways that we encounter it. We all have our different ways that we see it. I'm very much team that light hit the coffee cup perfectly this morning. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to cry because Jesus loves me that much. Yeah. My sweet, sweet friend, McLean, that I also thought was on that team. I was just with her in South Dakota. And she was like, Courtney, I don't really understand how you romanticize life so much. Like you just made us French toast and you made it the most exciting, beautiful experience. Like you were just soaking up every ounce of slather in that butter on the pan and i'm over here just like it's french toast it's not that big of a deal (laughs) and she was just like but i mean at the same time mclean is this amazing artist that yes yeah encounters it in different ways so it's like that's the beauty of it like we're not all called to encounter beauty in the exact same way Mm -hmm. you know we don't all like we don't all experience the encounter with the gospel the same way like I yeah. have a funny example of an encounter of beauty that you're going to die laughing at. Oh my gosh. When I, when I thought of like, what's my most recent encounter with beauty? Um, <laughs> we were on my, we were on our way to my parents' house to watch the Super Bowl. Which and I is was, how far from here? Like 15 I mean, minutes? Yeah, 15 minutes. And yeah. I'm like, 
Jake, we got to get there in time for the national anthem because <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say. I, I, I love the national going. anthem. Well, then Jake was like, have you heard Whitney Houston's version of the national anthem? I said, no. And he's like, we'll turn it on. So we turn it on. It's like from the 91 Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I can see something. the jumpsuit. Yeah. Yes. And we listen to it, and it's just like her voice is perfection the entire time. And it is so beautiful. It's so funny. It seems like such a silly encounter with beauty, but like you lose it every time. I'm like ready to cry yeah. every time I hear the national anthem, but that was next level. I'm like, yeah. that is the bar no one will ever hit again. Yeah. Because every note was perfect. Yeah. And that's a good example of everyone in the country watching a something, a game. Right. And they get to encounter beauty for just a moment in the national anthem. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone is as proud to be an American as you may be, but I hope they're there. You are the most proud. I know. Yeah. So I was really, I was surprised and impressed. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So here's my take on these moments, right? And I think it's, it's pretty clear with with kind of like what what each of you had said right in in different ways and in literally different mediums and different objects and all of that yeah for for you courtney it was like seeing that like snowflake right or it was like seeing yeah. like these these really tiny moments in megan like you'd mentioned it's like hearing each note that was hit right like for me i'm like mm-hmm swimming around people always ask me like how do you take photos of, of waves in the water and it's like well i swim around and they're like are you on a surfboard and i'm like no i'm literally just swimming around in the water and i have like a metal <laughs> box so cool. with like glass and some like rubber sealant that keeps all the water out and the reason why i keep going back to it over and over and over again is it's because every single wave is different right like every single drop mm. is different mm-hmm. and each of those yeah. drops each of these moments of beauty right like ultimately that i i believe that's like god calling out to us just begging us to stop and look at him begging us to stop Mm. and and be with him in that moment right any type of art because the reality is those moments will pass right that french toast will be finished right that snowflake (laughs) will eventually Mm -hmm. melt that wave will crash and go to the beach but all of them like you can do them again but they're never the same moment Right. They right. truly can never be repeated again. And I mean, that, that's why I'm so drawn to photography and filmmaking is because no matter how many times you try to exactly emulate a photo, it will never be the same. You get have a photo on a tripod mm. and take it at one eight eight thousand. Yeah, I think it's you could take it at one eight thousandth of a second. And you could take two of them right after each other. Right. And if you do the math, right. that's like two out of eight thousandth of a second. But wow. those two moments are entirely unrepeatable. And they are entirely mm-hmm. two different moments in time, entirely two different moments of how light is hitting the object. Right. 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 And it's entirely unrepeatable, right? But we're drawn to it over and over mm. and over again. And as great right. as beauty is, right, as great as these moments are, they themselves do not fulfill us. Mm. Right. Exactly. And that's why we keep going back yeah. and back and back. But why... It's better than some other, I don't know, like earthly addiction or good or or consumption is because who it brings us to, right? It brings us out of ourself and to someone else, right? And that's why beauty, Mm. right, is it's in a way, if you look at like the the four different types of love, 
it's the eros love like you had said mclean was asking you like how do you romanticize everything right because beauty is the love that that leads to beauty is the love of eros right like eros isn't this like mm. dirty love that's an entirely they had the greeks had an entirely different word for that right but eros right, right. was this this like deep deep like emotional desire and, and love and it, it didn't just stop at taking right it's it fully is realized in like giving yourself right and I think right, I, I right. ask this, it's like, what, what is beauty? Like, what is art? Like, what is the emotion that you have after you see something truly beautiful? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you yeah, want to I unite mean, yourself to it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, so, um, it's so contagious too. I think that's what, what really kills me about it is and in the best way when I say kills me or like makes me want to yak, I always mean that in a flattering and affectionate way. It's confusing, but it's like when I hear or like speak with someone or see, like when I hear a song or speak with someone or see a piece of art, like I want to act like you want to go and you want to, you want to share it. You want to spread it. It's so it's so amazing. Like when you hear a really, really good song, like we were talking about this too, Zach, when we, when we hear a really good song or we, we taste a really good dish or we watch a really good show, you want to tell someone about it. You want to try to replicate it or share it with someone or like, it's like, it's insane. You can't help but tell people about it. It's the same with when you really encounter the gospel. Like it all goes in the same light. It's it's amazing. Like the Lord, I really just believe that that is such a childlike, beautiful desire that the Lord blessed us with abundantly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's wild. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, all of this is connected, even though, you know, we might have these, these different preferences for mediums of, of how we like to, to view art or encounter it or experience it. It's like all of it's connected, right? Like, I don't think you Absolutely. can, I mean, I'm sure there are people who maybe would try to disagree, but I don't think you can fully say like, oh, I, I love and appreciate art. And then you're just eating like, I don't know, like an Arby's sandwich or like a McDonald's hamburger mm-hmm. every day. Right. Or you're listening right. to like right. the most like just terrible pop song ever <laughs> while you're eating your McDonald's, <laughs> while you're watching some trash that Netflix spent yeah. $10 or 10 minutes pitching and probably $10 exactly. producing. And yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this Absolutely. is this is main character vibes right here, and it's like, you idiot! <laughs> like, do you know what's yeah. out there? There's right? so much more. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, again, to kind of like repeat what I was saying about replication versus, versus education, I think that it would be so, it would be such um, a big no to the Lord to not take the time to try and educate yourself in art in some way, because it's a whole new invitation to get to know him. And it's the same way that my heart is like, yeah, I don't get science. Um, I'm not going to tap into that. But then when someone explains to me something scientific that the Lord very much had a hand in, I kind of want to weep in the same way I do when I encounter a Caravaggio, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like he had his hand in that. And by me rejecting that education to further get to know my Lord, like that's me just being like, oh, that's just not my preference. Like, I just don't really want to get to know that part of him. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't really like that part of him. And so it's like, I'm not going to be overly interested in science as much as I am art. 
and he's going to speak to me easier and more frequently in art because of my desires. But I wish that there wasn't such a, eh, it's just not my thing about art or science or yeah. whatever, you know, I think that they go yeah. hand in hand. Um, we could be spending our time pushing our limits and educating ourselves more in areas that make us more uncomfortable versus watching the trash and eating the trash and seeing that like all of those things that we're just like very comfortable in. Um, And I think that this call to education is actually a really perfect time and why I really like the timing of this podcast release because it is the first Monday in Lent. And I think that there's a great like zeal to better ourselves in Lent Mm -hmm. um, and to read more and to get rid of the things that we know are not good. Um, And so I just like really hope that anyone who's listening to this can take it as an opportunity of conviction. And I hope that what we're saying is kind of bothering you in some ways to actually like lean in and educate and figure out what sparks your heart and take the time to go look at the clouds, especially as it gets warmer. And yeah, just like saying yes to that part of Christ um, because there's so much to learn and see with him. I mean, it's just overwhelming. Yeah, it really is. Really, and, and I think yeah. I just totally lost what I was about to say. That never That's happens. Totally I love fine. talking. Um, but <laughs> I, I think it's totally I, I have it back already. That's how quick it comes back. Is Amazing. <laughs> I, I think there are these moments, right, where we're like, oh, like, I don't, I don't have to do that, right? Like, yeah, I hate math. I hate science, right? But mm-hmm. someday, right, like, I'm going to be a dad, right? And if right. I can't teach my son what two plus two is, right? Right. I am doing right. him a disservice, right? If exactly. I can't right. learn a recipe to give him a good meal, right? I'm literally malnourishing him, right? Exactly. If I don't know yeah. what has to go into his body, right? I literally am doing him a disservice, right? And that, that goes exactly. with everything, right? So for for us to just say, or for, for anybody to be like, oh, that's not my thing, so I don't want to learn that, right? I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. like a new concept because- right. You used to have to know how to do everything. You used to have to know how to be oh, the doctor yeah. and the artist and the, the homemaker and the hunter and the gatherer and the cook and the chef. Like yeah. you had to know how to do it all. You had to know how to build your own house, right? Like, I mean, granted that's a portion of our time, but it's closer to us than the of Renaissance course. was. Right. And right. there's absolutely a disservice generationally to say, oh, well, I don't really want to learn that. And especially as a mm-hmm. Catholic, because yep. what have we inherited as Catholics? Go to St. Peter's in Rome. Heck, hopefully yeah. your local cathedral is beautiful enough to warrant being called a cathedral. Exactly. And it moves you to tears, right? That, it, it, that you can walk exactly. in there and at least describe the medium that is being used. At least be right. able to, to say the simplest thing of, of what's happening there, right? Because, I mean, this is, this is literally our inheritance as Catholics. These churches, these spaces exactly. to worship God were built because they are the like the best we could give God was this, right? Mm-hmm. And so if right. we, if that stops with us, we get stuck. And that's, I think, why we are where we are today as a culture is because mm-hmm. we stopped receiving from the generations above us and just started rejecting it and saying, I know better. I don't have to exactly. do that. I don't yeah. want to do that. That's not me. I'm this. And what does that result exactly. in? It results in literally generations of people who having having no idea what's actually out there, what could be there for them. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. 
That is so freaking good and accurate. I, yeah, could not agree more. And I feel like that is, I feel like that is a great way to wrap things up. And I am like on fire wanting to go and do something about it. I hope everyone else is feeling that way. But if you have any final punches in the gut. Yeah, actually, I have one thing real quick. I wanted to circle back on um, just for some clarification. So I guess my question is, is there a place or is it okay to produce art, let's say on Instagram, that does look similar to other people? I guess kind of what I'm thinking, for example, is like a Catholic church can look really similar to another Catholic church, but they're both beautiful and they might both be from different artists. I guess, what are your thoughts on, I don't know, giving someone permission to create something, even if it looks similar to someone else? Because we definitely see a lot of that. So I just, I don't know, I'd like just some clarification maybe on that. Yeah, reconnecting it to this idea of of like, everybody kind of wants to get their iPad. They want to start that Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, yeah, like I, right. li- I literally wanted to be Jay Alvarez, right? That's why I got a GoPro. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody yeah, is totally. starting on, on the same platform, right? You like, find that thing that you're attracted to that you want to replicate, right? Yeah. yeah in, in a way, like it's okay to, to be the same. It's like you don't have to go make an entirely new social media platform or like app <laughs> right. just right, to right. be different because everybody's operating the same thing. Everybody has, if you're on social media, everybody has an Instagram, right? And it's right, kind right. of the, the one-stop shop to put out whatever you want. And right. so it's not about just trying to be entirely different from everybody else in what you're making, right? Like it's not just mm-hmm. go be so different that you're indistinguishable or not even heard because exactly. it's okay yeah. to be the same as everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. All, all the Baroque artists, right? You wouldn't know which artists made what when you're walking right. through those churches in, in Europe, right? Like. Every right. saint story has them coming close to Jesus and going to mass more often, right? Like that's right. not right. a different piece of their life. They're still doing the same right. things, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to be the same, but right. it's not okay to just want to be somebody else or want to have somebody exactly. else's life. And that's like obviously mm-hmm. one of the pitfalls is just turning it into comparison and turning your art into somebody else's art. Instead of, again, exactly. going back and listening to that call of where are you actually being called as an artist, as a right. Christian, as son right. or daughter. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. I think that that is the perfect way to wrap things up because we can't be living in comparison. Like we are not called for that way of life, especially in the transcendentals of truth, beauty, and goodness. And so with that, very well said, Zach. Very well said. Thank you. And <clears throat> yeah, I think that with that too, we were kind of chatting before this of some different ideas of like ways that you can learn more and ways that I really want to learn more too. Um, so we had a few resources of things that we've actually looked into and started to read and started to educate ourselves on too. So if you want to take it away with that, Zach, I'd love to hear what some of your recs were for the listeners. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to just go off the top of my head, but I know you had some stuff that you recently came across too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, 
one, you look at it as like any vocation, right? It's a call. It's not you saying, God, this is who I want to be. It's, it's really sitting there and painfully and, and humbly saying like, God, like, what do you want for my life? Right. Um, right. And if, if it's a call to being an artist, then it's like, okay, go deep into that. Right. Like, don't just go take an art class at your community college. It's like, go learn from somebody who's like mastered this. Like you don't have to go to Europe to do that. Exactly. But start, start looking, right. Start reading, start praying through this, start studying these, these right. works of art. So these, these greats in the medium that you're feeling called to, um, and then, and see, act on it. Right. That's a part of it. And so I think some of them that are just amazing, it's like the most simple starting point I think is like this, I don't even know. It's probably put out 15 years ago honestly probably on like bbc or something but you can find it on vimeo <laughs> and it's called the why beauty matters and it's like a video essay by mm. roger scruton it should be i think somebody said this in like the comments right below the video uh, there's only three comments yeah. so they'll know it's not my words it's somebody who said this on the comments is like this literally should be like the intro to every art school like in the country like you should have mm. to watch this video that it's like that good as to understanding what beauty is, why it matters, and, and how it plays in our culture. It's an hour watch. It's super easy, super good, and super deep. Wow. Um, I think another one is, yeah, if you're feeling really called to it, um, A Letter to the Artists by um, Pope St. John Paul II. Yep. Um, yep. You literally can just Google JP2, Letter to the Artists. It's amazing. That's probably a 10-minute read. Another one, if yeah. you're feeling just like really agitated as to like the culture is stealing our beauty from us, it literally, it should be prophetic, but it's a, it's now in a book, you can get it on Amazon, but it's called Death Comes for the Cathedrals, and it's about what happened in France after the revolutions, end of the 1800s, and there's this politician named Marcel Proust who uh, literally was speaking to like French parliament saying like, you can't tear these, these cathedrals down. Like if we do, here's mm, what will wow. happen. Um, because of how much beauty is in these spaces, like eventually it will get rid of the church. And what will mm -hmm. happen is a century or two later, we'll come back and our, an anthropologist will say what happened here. And they literally will try to recreate Catholicism and Christianity just wow. based off of the beauty of those buildings. Right. The sad reality is wow. that's what they're doing today with places like Notre Dame is turning them into sure. these like weird wonky museums instead of places of worship. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, those, those three are probably like the best, most intro. That little book is probably an hour read, but all I can find it on is Amazon. Mm -hmm. There's no digital resource for it, um, but it's totally yeah. worth yeah. it. Um, I mean, That's I don't, don't want to recommend anything that I haven't read or, or seen already, but I know you're kind of working through stuff right, right. now too. Yeah, I'm currently reading, it's called How Catholic Art Saved the Faith, The Triumph and Beauty and Truth in Counter-Reformation Art by Elizabeth Lev. I just started reading it. I bought it on Friday and I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So it's very new, but I'm so obsessed with it that I'm reading it to a six month old. So I definitely would give it a two thumbs up. And another book that I have and that I've been reading for a while now because I'm a perpetual um, dip my toe in a million books kind of reader is God is Beauty, a retreat on the gospel and art by Carol Wojtyla, which is obviously um, Pope Jan John Paul II. And that is a really great book for conversation um, and really like recognizing your call in the gospel and art and being able to 
boldly go forth with your calling as an artist or your calling in the gospel of how you're supposed to go and be bold in that and actually like fully lean into that and say yes. So I think that's all we've got. Thank you so much, Zach. Seriously. Yeah. This was great. Thank you. This was so good. Absolutely. Hopefully it helps someone out there. Well, yeah, I hope it helps somebody share it and yeah, just go be bold and authentic and individual in how you share. Very cool. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Share this with everybody, you know, and we will. Yeah. See you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.